0: Wilderness medicine is a fast-emerging medical specialty, covering conditions ranging from altitude-induced mountain sickness and deep-sea decompression illness to bear attacks and animal born parasites. Who are the wilderness medicine experts? You are listening to ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and with me today is Dr. Paul Auerbach. Dr. Auerbach is a clinical professor of surgery in the Division of Emergency Medicine at Stanford University in Palo Alto, California one of the world's leading authorities on wilderness medicine, and author of the book Medicine for the Outdoors. Dr. Auerbach, welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable.
1: It's a pleasure to be here. What
0: is wilderness medicine?
1: Wilderness medicine deals with the medical concerns related to wilderness environments, such as hypothermia, high altitude, hazardous marine animals, near drowning, etc., and it's also the unique physiology of these same areas. In addition, it has to do mostly with making do in situations that are remote from the normal resources that all of us have when we practice medical care in our routine environments.
0: What led to your passion for this area?
1: I first became deeply interested in this when i was a medical student i had the good fortune to serve an externship at fort belknap in harlem montana which was part of and remains part of the indian health service and while i was there i was exposed to the wilderness to a great degree in what free time i had off when i wasn't working in the hospital and also got to encounter patients who had been bitten by rattlesnakes who were suffering from heat illness, struck by lightning, near drowning, etc. And that really piqued my interest in the field.
0: Is there a common thread that runs through wilderness medicine
1: experts? Wilderness medicine experts tend to be people that are improvisationally minded. That is, they relish the challenge of taking care of people in rugged situations or even survival situations. It cuts across all specialties, so I won't say that it gravitates to any particular discipline of medicine. My experience is that folks who get interested in wilderness medicine and stick with it tend to be positive thinkers, action-oriented individuals, decision makers, as opposed to folks who are more prone to be contemplative when faced with a critical situation. Is it
0: fair to say that a large percentage are emergency
1: room physicians? When we started the Wilderness Medical Society, because we were emergency physicians, our circle extended to that specialty predominantly. And I would say that it is probably still the highest representation in terms of specialty. But what we found over the 25 years that the society has been in existence is that the percentage of emergency physicians keeps dropping as a relative number against all other specialties of people that are interested in this. So there are a tremendous number of orthopedists, surgeons, internists, anesthesiologists, folks of all specialties.
0: Is wilderness medicine taught in medical school?
1: There are starting to be programs where wilderness medicine has gone beyond the elective stage and is being integrated into the curriculum of medical schools, but that is really in its infancy. So I would say at this time, for the most part, where there are wilderness medicine courses, per se, they're taught as electives to medical students. Within other courses, such as pulmonary physiology, you might find information on high altitude. In pediatric programs, there are certainly discussions of envenomations by snake bites and insects, et cetera. So it's scattered throughout the curriculum, but as a consolidated feature, it really is an elective.
0: Is there a certification program for wilderness medicine?
1: There are a number of certifications, mostly at the EMT level. So there's such a thing as EMTW for EMT Wilderness. A very new program which is becoming rapidly popular is the Fellowship in the Academy of Wilderness Medicine, which is sponsored by the Wilderness Medical Society.
0: Tell us about the Wilderness Medical Society.
1: The Wilderness Medical Society has been a labor of love for me and other people now for a quarter of a century. It's hard to believe it's been that long, but it has, the Wilderness Medical Society brings together predominantly physicians, but healthcare professionals at all levels who are interested in the field of wilderness medicine. The mission is to promote solid research, good clinical practice, teaching, and the promulgation of appropriate techniques and clinical practices in the wilderness environment.
0: Do wilderness medicine experts get involved with disaster preparedness groups?
1: That's an excellent question, and it's an excellent point. In these days where it seems that we are facing more and more natural disasters, and given our global environmental situation, there's every reason to believe that that will continue, and also such issues as armed conflicts, we see a lot of mass casualty incidents Wilderness medicine physicians are uniquely prepared to deal with these issues because they are used to dealing with minimal resources and to being able to improvise if they need to. So the answer is an emphatic yes. Um, many People who are involved in wilderness medicine are involved in disaster preparedness and also in international relief medicine as well.
0: If you're going into the wilderness with minimal supplies, what do you take?
1: It really depends on the environment in which you're going to be traveling. So uh, without going through specific first aid kits, the general principle is to anticipate what you might need and then set up your trip so that you can carry as much equipment and medical supplies as possible without having to change the nature of your trip. So if you know that you're going to be on a diving expedition and underwater and out at sea, you would want to carry the equipment and drugs and supplies and so forth that would be appropriate to that environment. Um, The same thing if you're going up to altitude or in the desert. Um, It depends how long you're going to be gone, the skill level of the people that you're with, how much space and weight you can take up with your supplies and so forth.
0: What is your best advice for the primary care physician who's not trained in wilderness medicine?
1: My first recommendation is to get trained in wilderness medicine and to join the Wilderness Medical Society or some other organization through which one can become trained. It's not a question of whether you're a primary care physician or you're a dermatologist or you're even an emergency physician. There are skill sets. That you need to be able to function when you have to make do with less, and that is a unique body of information. Furthermore, you really have to train and be prepared for the environment in which you will be present. If you're going to be on a mountain climbing expedition, you should be as much of a mountaineer as you can. If you're going to be on a diving trip, you should be comfortable in the water. There are certain situations where you don't have to be good in your environment. But in most cases, it's really important to be comfortable with the physical situation.
0: How can listeners learn more about wilderness medicine?
1: One way to learn more about it is to, again, join an organization like the Wilderness Medical Society. There are journals that can be read, such as Wilderness and Environmental Medicine. There are other organizations, such as the International Society for Mountain Medicine. There's the International Society of Travel Medicine for people interested in that area. Get outside and and be part of the environment, and I hope that we'll have just a brief opportunity to talk about that in a bit, and practice your passion. So if you want to be outdoors, be outdoors as much as you can, and then you'll find that you are learning in a gradual or directed fashion.
0: How much time do you spend outdoors?
1: I spend as much time as I can. It's hard to quantify at any given moment because like most of the people listening to this program, I uh, have a day job, so I spend a lot of time doing that. A family that I'm devoted to I would imagine that I spend more time doing this than most people, but then I feel responsible for editing a textbook, supporting the society, and at this stage in my career, really uh, mentoring and encouraging others who have become enthusiastic about wilderness medicine. From this point forward, it's really about me giving it back to others.
0: Do you typically spend your family vacations outdoors?
1: Uh, We do that as much as we possibly can, but as you know, And as many people know um, who have teenagers, they don't always want to be hiking. So we do what we can.
0: And have you found yourself in situations where you had to practice wilderness medicine?
1: I have practiced wilderness medicine a fair amount, um, ranging from minor episodes, such as taking fish hooks out of people, to moderate episodes where I would be treating people with infectious diarrhea and dehydration or mild mountain sickness, to more severe situations where people have severe envenomations or bad trauma. I have had those opportunities because I have been in the settings where they might occur. So it's not just happenstance.
0: What are some new developments in the field?
1: Uh, Wilderness medicine is really evolving. And I, I have to emphasize that like all areas in medicine, it's not going to evolve purely by empiric observations. So there's important bench research that is done. There's research that occurs in the laboratory and clinical research that supports it. So we are learning more and more about using certain types of drugs for acute mountain sickness that we hadn't previously contemplated. Organizations like the Divers Alert Network are constantly doing research to better delineate dive tables and safe diving programs. As we learn about better methods, to resuscitate people for trauma and the types of fluids we use, that has application. And, of course, unfortunately because of armed conflict, but nevertheless the military contributes a fair amount to how we manage wilderness medicine patients and vice versa because they're often faced with austere and severe situations.
0: Tell us about your book, Medicine for the Outdoors.
1: Medicine for the Outdoors is a book for laypeople written to explain wilderness medicine for them, but it's really based upon the big book, which is The Labor of My Life, which is the wilderness medicine textbook. The fifth edition of the Wilderness Medicine textbook published by Elsevier has just been released. Medicine for the Outdoors comes out in between those editions and is designed for laypeople.
0: And where can listeners get a copy of that?
1: Both books are available at Amazon, as always, or at Barnes & Noble on the internet. Uh, Medical school bookstores in general will carry the big textbook wilderness medicine or one can go on the Elsevier website to obtain that book. Medicine for the Outdoors is available both on the internet and then at stores such as REI.
0: Dr. Auerbach, thank you for joining us to discuss wilderness medicine.
1: It's been my pleasure and I'd like to say to the listeners that uh, if there's anything I can do to encourage them or help them become wilderness medicine physicians or enjoy this to the degree that I have, I'd be happy to do that.
0: Thank you. I'm Susan Dolan. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.